Tennessee is the preferred beer with milk. When you drink milk with beer, you drink a milk. Oh, like when you're eating cereal? I don't know if that's actually a thing, but that's it. That I mean, that is a thing, but I remember because re- I drink a bilk in college because everyone's like, that's so gross. I'm like, that's really, it actually tastes pretty good. A bilk? Yeah, you- it's like a, I'm pretty sure it's a Japanese thing. I'm pretty sure it's a Japanese thing. It's the Greasy Pod. DJ, Rob. Rob, are you more of an audience or critic score type of guy? Uh, I'm an audience score. I'm an average guy. I don't go into the movie with any expectations. I I just want to know what uh, fellow uh, viewers thought. I don't give a shit about a critic. Yeah, I'd almost go as far as saying critic score type of guys are a bit of an asshole. Um, Now, there are certain exceptions to that, whether it be a new movie or maybe a documentary that a couple people have seen. But other than that, you got to be audience score uh, about 97% of the time. Now we are going to jump into movies in a little bit based on some fan reaction. We had a lot of a uh, lot of people talking about movies this week. They want to hear our takes, so we're going to jump into that in a little bit. But first, we have a new segment which I am calling "Interesting Takes," working title, and it's a segment where I'm going to touch on some of the more popular, well talked about topics within sports this week. Uh, what you would hear in the first segment of First Take or on the the header of ESPN.com, what may have you. So, Rob, how it works is if you don't have an interesting take on the topic, you just you pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for example, we'll start with Gronk, Gronk to the Bucks. Do you have an interesting take on Gronk to the Bucks? Uh, luckily, I do have an interesting take on Gronk to the Bucks. Uh, the interesting take that I have is that Gronk, Uh, owns a belt in the WWE right now. He owns a 24-7 belt. And my take is Gronk, the best crossover athlete of all time. The best two-sport athlete. I mean, there's a lot of good ones. You got Deion Sanders. You got Bo Jackson. But did they ever win a championship? I don't know, and I don't want to look it up. I don't think Bo Jackson ever did. He could absolutely shatter, shatter some bats over his knee, but he never won the belt in the WWE. I'm You're hearing it here first. Gronk is the best crossover athlete of all time wow see you said the belt thing and i was like wow i've seen that i've heard that and then you took it to another level so that's how that's this game is played Mm -hmm. i love the the strong start there see i don't have anything else to add there everything's been said about gronk to the bucks Mm -hmm. you know all the brady storylines all the funny tweets i have nothing else to add so we move on the last dance premiere anything from you do you have an interesting take that has not been heard elsewhere no, I had no thoughts other than it was good. Yeah, mine is similar. I'm, I'm going to take it to another level. There's a lot of LeBron comparisons, right? I don't even know why a documentary likes, why does that even bring up that conversation? What are we doing? There? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's an interesting take. So I'm going to take that out. That doesn't count. Okay. I'm going to leave it in the pod, but I think I, I didn't play by the rules of the game there. That's not that interesting of a take. It, it was kind of hot. It was a mild take. It was like, you know what I mean? It wasn't <laughs> yeah. the hottest of hot sauces, but. I'm just, you know, killer competitor, ultimate, you oh. know, like, let's just say that. Michael Jordan's cool. Whatever. Yeah, Move on. Sick. I cool love Bobby Gambles, yeah. I hope that is covered. I'd love to see that. Brown's first round draft pick. You know what? I think we're going to leave that to our first interview of the Greasy Pod. I think our, uh, I think that Mac, our gambling correspondent, is going to tackle that. So I don't even want to touch that. I got no interest in it. Same here. Tua's injuries. That's all you, brother. 
All right, so I did a little bit of research on this because as a fellow lefty, I'm very interested in Tua. Not a lot of history of left-handed quarterbacks being great in the league. There's a couple exceptions. Um, but I was reading into it, and he is left-handed because his dad didn't want to be the only one in the family that was left-handed, which is very cool mm-hmm. and uh, very selfish. Um, and he does everything else right-handed. Everything else? Incredible. You would, <laughs> everything. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. And then I would say, make sure you have a solid right tackle, right? So mm-hmm. whoever he goes to, that's a huge thing. You got to protect them. Is that still a thing? You have to have, you know, the way you're turned, you, that tackle should be better. Yeah. That, thing? Uh, that was a movie called The Blind Side. Was, uh, I think it's Sandra Bullock. Yeah, it's a thing, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. <laughs> How about the MLB's Red Sox suspensions handed down today? I do have a hot take about this. Uh, first of all, I think it's a slap on the wrist. Nobody got punished except for like the video guy, you know, the blue collar grinder. Uh, Alex Horror gets nothing. So my takeaway from this is that if you're going to do a crime, make sure it's white collar. White collar crime pays big time, boys. Go ahead and get that money. Don't do something stupid. That's a good point. Yeah, the video guy, he gets all the shit. It sucks. All right, last one on interesting takes. Tiger and Peyton. Supposedly rumored matchup versus Brady and Phil. Interesting take out of you, Rob. I mean, I don't have an interesting take other than I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see some kind of live sport. Hopefully it's safe for everyone. Go play some golf. Let me bet on it for sure. And I'm absolutely hammering Tiger Pate. What percentage do you think those two will not just not just gambling but in terms of everybody watching at home because i guess it's going to be on tnt so i'm sure it'll pull a huge number what percentage of people are going to be tiger and uh peyton fans i think it's got to be like 80 percent. i think peyton's uh uh more more people like peyton than they do brady i think there's a lot of people around uh the country that just don't like brady because they beat him right peyton's doing all these other things tiger's obviously the fan favorite i'm going 80 percent tiger peyton I'll go just to one up you. I'll go eighty five percent. Wow! I think. I'm a Tiger guy. Benson's a little kid, and then like you said, I agree. Peyton's a little bit more beloved, and part of that I think is just envy because I want to hate Brady, but you also respect the shit out of him, and that's where we're at with him for sure. Time to debut another new segment, and that is called Underrated and Underappreciated. You know, a lot of listeners reaching out saying, man, I want you guys to talk movies. You know, there's not a lot going on right now. I'm watching a ton of movies on TNT, Netflix, etc. I have this whole list of underrated movies that I think people should appreciate more. So we had to take that list, which was well over 50 movies, and boil it down to six just random ass movies. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is take what we think the Rotten Tomatoes score is going to be. Mm-hmm. I think this is how it's going to Right. And if it's higher, then it is not underrated. But if it is lower than what we say, then it is underrated. Does that make sense, Rob? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now that you say it like that, yeah, I'm, I'm 100% in. So, yeah, so this is the cream of the so crop, our, right? We had a lot of right. a lot of listener input, 50 movies. This is the absolute cream of the crop. I would almost say it's not the cream of the crop. It's what I was very selectively choosing and mm if not just randomly choosing just for efficiency's sake. Perfect. But yeah. Yeah, let's let's call yeah, call what it is. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with Disturbia. Mm-hmm. You've seen it in the past, mm-hmm. you know, that's a television classic Shia LaBeouf back in his early days. Love Shia. Uh, what do you think what do you think Disturbia's audience score is on Rotten Tomatoes? 84. 
84. That's really high. I'm th- I'm going more like a 59 burger. But it's shy. Live on the spot. 77. Okay. So I would say it's kind of in between where you're saying, personally, I think that makes it properly rated. Yeah, I think it's somewhere in that sweet spot right there. It's a properly rated movie with Shia, yeah. You got that the hot chick in it, the little bit of romance, mm-hmm. the scariness aspect. So there's a lot of good stuff going on mm-hmm. there. Uh, but if three out of four people like that, I, I don't know. I think that's, that's pretty mm-hmm. solid. All right, Summer Catch. I know you're passionate mm-hmm. about that movie. We have a lot of friends that love that movie. Right. What do you think the, well, if you have an explanation and you want to talk about the movie a little bit, but what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes percentage I'll give you my percentage, but I just want to go ahead and give a preface to this. I mean, the dude left a perfect game in the ninth. He was getting scouted by the Phillies. I mean, for Jessica Biel, who wouldn't? I mean, same, right? But I think that's fucking love, you know what I mean? Like, that's true love. And that's what you want to see in a movie like that. That's got to get a, a 75 on the audience score. 75 audience. I I figured it, you know, I'm thinking it's beloved as well. I'm going to go uh, mid-60s, 65, let's Still say. a good score, yeah. Yeah. I would say that's probably proper. Mm-hmm. All right. Ooh, it's a 41. Wow. It's a 41%. So um, That's underrated. You want to guess what the critic score is, which you could probably guess. It's not very high. 28. 8%. What? I think we're calling. I think we're calling Summer Catch officially a underrated movie. Yeah, I mean it's got that whole Jessica Biel like pool scene. I mean that's got to get an eight percent bump yeah. just for that. Exactly, Jessica Biel in her prime. Mm-hmm. Although I think her prime has spanned twenty plus years, but somewhere within her prime. All right, John Carter. Have you ever seen I've this seen movie? I've seen John Carter a lot in Coney yeah. News Basement. I've seen it two or three times. <laughs> um, I don't think it got to the credit it deserves. I'll say that. I think that got an audience score of like. Uh, 68. Supposedly the biggest flop of all time in terms of blockbusters because mm-hmm. it had a massive budget. Um, I think the audience probably ended up liking it because then you have this whole opposite point of view. So if you went to the theater and saw it, even though it was the flop, then you might like it more because now I'm the person that went and saw mm-hmm. that. So I'm going to go uh, 38. Okay. <laughs> very opposite of what i just said 60 no. percent. all right so what did you say i said a little bit higher than that a little higher than 60 percent. so um all right properly rated the nice guys we're gonna maybe we're gonna plow rated. through yeah. never saw the nice guys uh just going off title <laughs> alone going book off a cover uh that got an audience score of 56 uh, percent I think this is one of uh, uh, Will Ferrell's low-key bangers, so I'm going 72. I think it did pretty well. Oh, it's not It's not Will Ferrell. It's not Will Ferrell, dude. That's the other guys. That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> the other guys? Mm-hmm. Shit. The nice guys, Russell Crowe and Roddy and Gosling. We have no idea. We truthfully, I guess, are exposing ourselves as not We're movie not movie guys. guys. I was thinking the uh, all right, The Nice Guys is 79%. I don't even have to say, which I have seen this movie now that I look at it. The retention of movies is off. <laughs> 79%, not underrated. Summer Catch is our only non, uh, is our underrated only underrated movie, yeah. movie. All right, Seven Pounds, Will Smith, buried somewhere within his legacy there. Right, yeah. A lot of great movies in this span. Uh, I think this one got the people crying, and I think people loved it. That last scene where you learned about the Seven Pounds, that got the people going. I think this gets an 85 
I'm going to say uh, 72. Okay. Just like the cry aspect of it, you know? Yeah, this is uh, this is live on the spot. We're doing it. This movie came out in 2008, by the way. 75% audience score and it's 26% uh, critic score. So I think we're quickly finding out it kind of balances people, mm. you know, you kind of merge towards the middle. If you see a 22% audience score, there's a pretty damn good chance you're going to hate it. All right, we got one more here. I just closed out of our document. Do you agree with me there, Rob, though? If, if you see 18%, are you even watching that movie? I'm not watching that movie. I did watch that movie, but I shouldn't have watched that movie, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I didn't love Seven Pounds, and maybe it's adequately rated. Uh, our last one is Orange County, the absolute comedy County, killer yeah. with Jack Black and Colin <laughs> Farrell. Black. I'm a big fan of this movie. I think it's Jack Black and his prime. Audience had to love it. And underrated, and this is a, just a little bit of a segue here, underrated are movie soundtracks people don't get into movie soundtracks like they once did and that had a good one i'm going this movie uh got an audience score of 72 percent. i'll go 42 percent. i think it's pretty low it's a 61 oh so we will say that's uh slightly underrated maybe 2002 you lose movies after you know movies like that kind of get lost in the abyss after a while i haven't heard of that movie mm-hmm. in 15 years but mm-hmm. all right, our only truthfully underrated movie, I would say, I don't know if you would agree, would be Summer Catch out of that batch. Yeah, and that's eternally underrated. I think I gave the reasons for it too. I mean, just a, a great movie, Freddie Prince Jr., Jessica Beale. Go watch it if you haven't seen it. So here's one of my I don't know if that segment's gonna continue because I don't know if it's good enough. We might have to bring in a special guest to really I know we have uh quite a few listeners uh, that are high ranking in the movie world mm-hmm. uh, that could potentially provide some good insight there. Yeah. I think just cause we're not movie guys, I like the idea of a movie guy coming in and giving a brief synopsis of the movie. And then we try to guess its audience score, right? Like depending on if people liked it or they didn't. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll work out the kinks on that one. Yeah. We could p- potentially bring in uh, a guy we know. I don't want to give his full name. Uh, but his name's Cam, and he he has some pull in the movie world mm-hmm. and is well-known and respected for his reviews. So I think we could bring him in potentially next week or when we get a new batch, and uh, I think that's a good idea to improve this segment. One thing I was thinking about, though, and this is an idea that's not fully formed or has never been pursued. Maybe a Twitter account like this does exist. But essentially, the idea is to rescore movies. So any scene montage, especially, mm-hmm. is to take that movie, rip it off of YouTube, that scene, and put new music behind Ooh, it. I like that. And then the whole Twitter account would just be based on that. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's underrated and underappreciated. Oh, I do have another thing. So I was thinking, because last week we did overhyped and underhyped. I had a few things I just jotted down over the week mm-hmm. that I... We're optimists, you know, we're fans of like the sixth men of the world and the, you know, the late bloomers. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking like, what are things in life that I really think don't get enough recognition? So I have a list here of, what is it, like six or seven things. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to rattle them off. And if you need explanation of one or two, I'm happy to provide it to Max. If you don't want any, that's fine. We'll move on. So here we go. Underhype things, according to uh, DJ, myself. Desktop computer, counting the months on your knuckles, post-confessions usher, Michael Jordan lost in 1995, 
Reese's Fast Break, Running Stairs, and Cold Chinese Food. Dude, those are all underrated. I have no, I have no, no qualms with any of them. Maybe a little bit of a question on counting the months on your knuckles, um, but I, I think those are definitely underrated. We're thinking of that because I still do that. That's something that's carried over from my childhood. You know, you're thinking it's it's fantastic how July just transfers over to August on the double knuckle. Like how that worked out. Whoever thought of that initially is just an absolute genius and we thank you and you're probably just you're never remembered for your contribution to the world absolutely yeah if that was twitter i think it would blow up now you know and the one thing the other one i do want to elaborate on is michael jordan losing in 1995 Mm -hmm. and i will say this is off the record so no one can make that fun of me for this is i didn't really realize or maybe i just forgot that he came back in 95 played 17 games and they lost in whatever the eastern conference semis i think because mm-hmm. the way you remember history is three titles comes back three titles retires right. and you forget about he had another shot he could have had four titles let's be honest i mean i know mm-hmm. 17 games we can make all the excuses in the world but we forget about that little half season quarter season with the chance to win a title right and that's off the record so no that's off the record so don't judge him on that um, but I think that's like kind of the fun thing about uh, the last dance too, is that we kind of get a little bit of revisionist history. We can go back and revisit it, and hopefully they touch on that in the uh, in the documentary. All right, Rob, I think you would agree. It's time to jump into some NFL draft locks. We've talked gambling a little bit on the show, but I don't think we've done it proper justice. Would you agree? Yeah, I think we've discredited how big of degenerate gamblers we are. I'm excited to jump in today, Beach. Yeah, truthfully, it's our first big gambling event in a long time in terms of just being at home and no sports and so on. So we dug our industry expert Mac out of his bunker and brought him on the show today to give you guys some NFL draft locks. Mac, welcome to the greasy podcast. It's a pleasure to be here, boys. Uh, It's truly an honor and I'm ready to give you some locks and make everyone some money. You know what? My favorite thing about Mac as a gambler, I was texting him a little bit before this and he said, Law, I don't know if I'm a good gambler, but I'm experienced. And I think yeah. that's a mark. You know, that guy's seen some battle wounds, and I'm excited to jump in with him today. Yeah, you can ask a lot of questions about my success rate, but uh, the number of bets and the experience I have, it's pretty unrivaled, I'd say. Before we jump in, I think Rob has a, uh, to get us going down the gambling lane, Rob has a fantastic story of today, uh, what happened to him. Yeah, I know Drew's a big fan of bad beats, and man, I suffered a real big bad beat today. So uh, we were getting ready, uh, a couple buddies, getting our locks together for the NFL draft. We had five or six locks, ready to lay a lot of units. I'm not going to mention a unit amount, but 750 units, driving across the border, the lamb in Pennsylvania, and ready to go. And as soon as I cross the border, I upload the money, and then... uh, and then go to for, go to find my first NFL prop bet, and we'll jump into exactly what our prop bets are here in a second. But oh, yeah. getting ready to upload the money, lay, ready to lay the hammer down, and the state of Pennsylvania does not offer NFL prop bets. <laughs> I drove two hours to the border oh, today. No. So you want to talk about <laughs> bad beats and something that might make you quit gambling? I'm dinged up today, boys. You but you didn't even lose money. You didn't even lose money though. That's not a bad beat. That's that's just a good story. <laughs> did you bet on it? Did you like put some futures down at least? Or did you just say fuck like fuck this and go home? We looked at some darts games, Mac. But oh yeah, honest, I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> I've had darts, don't worry. 
we did have a couple darts locks, uh, and I think that's a great segue uh, into our next question. Uh, Drew, I think, uh, what's the dumbest thing you thought about betting during quarantine? Can you tell us about the dumbest thing you thought about betting? <laughs> um, I would... You probably have to rephrase the question because I this, I didn't think about it. I just did. I did bet. I did bet on these things. So um, the dumbest I'd say we pr- so we started off like once the quarantine really hit. Me and my roommate, who's actually probably uh, worse than I am, so he'd uh, he'd be a great guest too if you really want to get someone even worse. But um, we we started off with just like awful like just you know just like third world country soccer games, which actually I, like I do kind of <laughs> normally anyway. But uh, then even those started getting canceled. And then all that is left is Belarus soccer. And that's actually still going on because the leader of the country says, like, they're fine. They just need to drink vodka and stuff. So Belarus soccer, I've, I actually haven't bet on that in a while. But um, I think the dumbest thing I actually did bet on, this is the last, it's actually the last time I bet, was um, there was a game, a simulated Madden game on, uh, on that. Like, not even, like, humans playing. Like, they literally just found a Twitch channel, put a Madden game on the on the on the screen and like the Browns versus Steelers. I've been on the Browns and they lost. Hate to hear it. How many units did you lay for our fans listening at home? Uh, on the, on the stupid fucking uh, Madden's. I didn't put. I didn't put mm-hmm. much on the Madden game. Luckily, yeah. Okay. I, I, I mean, it was. I mean, it was pretty dumb. Like honestly, it was actually like one of the funniest things ever done. Because like, I'm Twitch. You can read everyone's comments and shit. Like, like mm-hmm. everyone on the Twitch profile was just like saying like. This is the most like degenerate, embarrassing shit of my life. I can't believe yeah. I'm betting on a simulated Madden game. So, yeah, yeah, so you find I, some kindred spirits in the uh, in the Twitch stream for if you sure. Boys, if the if the audience is still looking for action, uh, you can still bet on Nicaraguan soccer, and you can still bet on Belarus, as I said before. So, uh, so Drew, you're locked into the NFL draft this year. I heard you saying you've done more research than ever before. Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead and throw us uh, your locks uh, for the NFL draft for our listeners out there. What are you feeling good about? All right. So um, I went through my my book has literally like every possible conceivable line and like odds you can ask for. Like every, pretty much every player you can buy on like which team will draft them, et cetera, and stuff like that. So I went through, found uh, – I limited it down to like five or six of – I got four that are like, you know, they're locks. They're, they're almost guaranteed to win. But like – I wouldn't take a loan out on them. Then I've got two locks that are legitimately like I texted you law. I said, good thing. It was four I've got 45 more minutes to go to the bank to take out a loan and put my fucking life savings on these locks because I, I have that. two of those. I have two of those for you. Couple I'll save more those good to the end. out there. And you know what the sickest, when you know what the sickest part of all this is those, 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 those hammer locks, they're plus odds. I don't know how Ooh. they are. It makes no sense, but they're the biggest locks I've ever seen. All right. The first one I'm going to give you, this mm-hmm. is a personal. This guy's a personal favorite of mine. Josh Jones draft position under twenty five and a half minus one twenty. Josh Jones is a beast. He's one of the highest graded pass blockers in the draft from Houston. PFF loves him. There's going to be a run on tackles. There's uh, going to probably be like I don't know, like four in the top 10, 11 picks. So uh, Josh Jones is going to be. There's like a second tier after the top four of Thomas, Wills, Wirfs, and uh, Becton. There's Jones from uh, Houston, Austin Jackson from uh, USC, and then Ezra Cleveland from Boise State. So those are the three kind of like next tier guys. And Josh Jones, a lot of people consider the best out of those three. So he could, I think, go as early as 15. Honestly, if the Browns turned it down, I could see Josh Jones getting picked there. Yeah, Josh wow. Jones under 25 and a half. That's a lock. 
put your money oh, wow. down. That's that's wow. a minute or two. Yeah, I love you digging deep for these too, Drew. These you are not skimming off the top. You're not betting. Oh no, too these long. are not casual. That these I I found I found the best picks best picks of the draft. Rattling off all the O linemen. That's how you know the dude knows. Oh his no, stuff. and so this is three of my bets here about O linemen. Trust me, I love this O line class. I mean, part of it's been because I've just been so obsessed with the Browns and shit, but. The other okay. nice thing there too is you have a little buffer room. You don't have to be anxious at the beginning of the draft. Oh no, exactly. Right? You yeah. got a lot of room to play with. Oh, I can wait all day and like well, once those first couple of linemen go and teams get a little desperate, realize oh yeah, it's a lock. In fact, I would love Josh Jones if the Browns trade down. I would love Josh Jones between fifteen and twenty. The Browns love that. Wow, look at this. Heard it here first. Josh Jones of the Browns. Love it, Drew. Uh, give us your next lock. Give us your next right. lock. So these next two are kind of uh, they're in lockstep with my previous one, and the next one is Andrew Thomas in the top ten picks minus one fifty. Andrew Thomas. I've seen a lot of tweets. I mean, he's my favorite alignment in this draft uh, that I want the Browns to take. I think he. Uh, I mean, he may not be the best. And obviously, like all these top five, four guys, like everyone thinks, might be the best out of between them but he's the only true left tackle uh everyone i saw a tweet from like uh, Rappaport or something the other day saying like he's everyone thinks he's the most underrated and was going to go earlier than people expect and the thing is he's there's a high chance he goes before the browns and if he falls to the browns at 10 i would be completely shocked if the browns didn't take him so to me that's like i think there's like 80 percent chance that he's gone in the top 10 and that's minus 150 so i think that's a pretty good lock right there wow uh, Drew, can you give us one little long shot bet? If you have a little bit of big plus money, somebody might not be laying all the units down, but maybe a quarter of a unit uh, trying to make some bank. What's your long shot bet for us? All right. So here's this one is um, this one's a, it's a pretty big long shot, honestly. But uh, this one I saw in my book, it's a combination. So I don't know how many books offer this, but it's a combination bet. It's a, it's about it's a combination of these three things have to happen. The first wide receiver okay. taken has to be CD Lamb. The first running back has to be taken. Actually, this is two things. And the first running back taken has to be Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think at no running back is going to get taken in the first round this year. I think there's the three main guys all have issues. I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is like a really like popular guy for this type of the systems in the NFL today where he's just He's a pass catching guy. I mean, obviously, he's not like a three like three down back, but I don't know. For, and that's plus twelve hundred. So I think just for a quarter unit bet, I think CD Lamb. This this is another one of my plays. CD Lamb is the first receiver taken. I think that's a very good bet because mm-hmm. supposedly Josh Judy failed some of his physicals or something like that. Not that I actually know any of this shit, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's just what I saw in a couple tweets. So yeah, I would say that yep. is a great value bet right there. Okay, and that's running, I think, about even money that uh, the Judy CD Lamb bet. So I think oh, there's so some no, value there, absolutely. I think CD, because I on my books, I have CD before Judy uh, plus 110, and I think that's another great bet because I think they're kind of like deadlocked even anyway. And if like there's actually like injury concern about Judy, then it's CD for sure. Uh, Drew, you are the absolute best in the business when it comes to these NFL dra- uh, draft props. <laughs> uh, so happy to have you on. Uh, before we let you go, though, today, we're going to ask you a couple of questions about just like a little bit of your uh, your sports betting legacy. Um, I think if we remember correctly, you were on a bit of a steam uh, before the quarantine happened. Uh, can you go ahead and give us a quick definition of a steam for all of our listeners? <laughs> uh, I mean, at this point, honestly, I... 
a steam pretty much <laughs> it means if I've won a bet at this point <laughs> because uh, mm-hmm. I just yeah. like if honestly a steam at some points for me is like if I'm winning in the first quarter. Uh, if anything's going positive, it's basically I'm steaming and things are going well, and uh, I just don't see myself losing. So, but I actually had a real steam before. I, it was so long ago, I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even know what I was betting on. Probably <laughs> some awful soccer or something like Can that. Can you but... uh, give us an idea of how many units? Because we know you've done well before. I mean, you've had a couple of weeks. Give us a couple of units that you I won mean, in, like, a, in a steam. My style of betting is like I don't bet like a ton of units on an individual game but i'll bet a lot on mm-hmm. like one unit but i mean i don't know i probably had something like 20 units or so or like a week i remember four. seeing uh this had to be in 2020 you had a, a screenshot uh, of your phone and the, it was uh, filled with all everything that hit oh uh, to me that was absolute uh, steam yeah i mean i've had like two or like three steams in my life where like it's like that's what's kept me hanging on and made me still do this shit and uh <laughs> lose all my money but uh this is it's just like those couple weeks you know they uh that makes you think you're on top of the world and they're the best bet in the world and then you just keep going but la not to not to come in here but i for, i didn't give my two stone cold locks yet oh those like, were your locks. locks okay go ahead locks. i those, thought those were i know no la la those were like i said i said i had a couple that are like they're locks but they're not you know okay my bad i i thought like those 90, were your I, those were 99% locks these are literally if they lose uh, the Greasy Podcast will f- refund everyone that bets on this through him. Through, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. All, all right. Of our so money. Kn- knowing that that you guys are liable. All right. <laughs> these two. Well, these are they're kind of the same. They're similar bets, but here's here it is, and here it comes. Okay. You're Alabama right. and LSU with four first rounders each plus one twenty five. And let me let me. Okay. So you okay. You, I didn't just I just didn't look at that at face value. I did some research. I wrote down each of the LSU and uh, Bama players that are going to get uh, get drafted here. Okay. Uh, all right. So the locks. One second. Locks on LSU first round. Burrow. There's one. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson, almost for sure. That's a two. Yep. Chase on. That's three. Okay. So that's three that are almost 100% for sure. That's mm-hmm. three already. You need one more. There's Queen, inside linebacker, very likely to get drafted. He's like over under his 24, so that's four. I heard Christian the Ravens Fulton. like him. Yep. Yep. Christian Fulton, cornerback, almost for sure going to be a first rounder. Delpit, borderline second rounder and first rounder. And then there's, uh, what's his name? Cushionberry. He's a guard who probably won't go in the first round, but that's five guys, probably six guys, maybe that might go in the first round for LSU alone. Bama, Jedrick Wills, Tua, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs. That's four locks literally right off the top mm-hmm. right there. So the bet, the bet just hit the bet just hit right there. And then you also, <laughs> and then you also have, you also have McKinney and Trayvon Diggs. So I just, in maybe I'm crazy here and I'm missing something, but tell me how that bet does not fucking hit. <laughs> hey, we're not the experts here, Drew. You are. But let's like, I'm, I'm saying, like, I'm literally like, I just don't get how these don't hit. All right, and the other one that, uh, the other one that leading off onto that, it's Alabama and LSU over nine plus players drafted first round combined plus one thirty five. So I, that means you just need four each, and then one random one from one extra from each player on one each team. So wow, I, Drew, I think that's like thing- a three unit play. Drew, the thing I love about you is that you didn't dig out these minus two twenty five. You didn't say, oh, "Hey, I'm not, taking, I'm not go, drinking juice." You know? 
No, you're, you're not drinking the juice. You're going for that plus money. You gave us some absolute stone cold mortgage payment. We are not liable for those bets locks. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we absolutely love that. And Drew, uh, you if told you us play some in was. Pennsylvania, we will be liable for them. Right. Yeah. If you play some in Pennsylvania, um, Drew, you gave us your locks. I gave you uh, a little bit of my bad news. Um, and I hate to end this interview on a high note. Will you go ahead and give us uh, an all time bad beat? Oh, like literally it's so, so many, I can't even like limit it down to a couple. Um, I'd say the worst bad beat I've ever had was actually like five years ago. And it mm-hmm. was, um, I don't know if anyone even remember this game, but it was a Packers lions game. It was one of like Aaron Rodgers like four hail Mary game winning touchdowns that, uh, <laughs> like that fucking ends the game. He's done it like four times for some reason, but I had the under, and I had the Lions money line parlayed for like a hundred bucks. So on the Hail Mary, I lost both uh, both bets on, on one insane on one insane play. So that was that was pretty good. And then um, I also would say the the Rose Bowl for Ohio State was one of the worst bet, uh, beats I've ever had in my life because I obviously you know I'm a big Buckeye fan and I. Mm-hmm. Put more on that than I would ever care to admit. It's like just an ignorant amount of units, and they were dominating. And then obviously we all know that they collapsed in the end and barely won. Mm. So I wasn't even – I didn't even enjoy the game, even though they won the Big Ten. Or they you know what? Uh, Drew, I'm I'm so happy that you gave us these NFL draft locks, and I'm so happy that we could leave you uh, with a little bit of humbleness as you leave today. <laughs> you know, think about uh, thanks, what's thanks. going on moving forward. So, uh, Drew, uh, we you. definitely appreciate you joining us here on the Greasy Pod. Uh, we look forward to our next uh, uh, oh, chance to talk to you. I can't be- I can't wait to come back when there's actual sports to give you more locks. Yeah, I think you got uh, recurring guest potential. <laughs> All right, thanks, boys. Absolutely stack interview with our boy Mac there. I think he provided just some free money to all our listeners. You agree, yeah. Rob? Yeah, absolute free mortgage payments on a Mac there. So we do have uh, some questions for the fans coming up. I do quickly want to get in. As we say, we're a transparent podcast. Get into our numbers. Mm-hmm. What did we pull the last week? Rob, you know, last week, I think at this time, we had 35 plays on our last episode. Did we maintain? Did we increase? What do you think? I think we had to have a boost. I think the last episode was good. I think we're shooting for 40 this time. Very close. 39. Ooh, wow. So in a recession, in a podcast recession, we are increasing whatever percentage. It's got to be like 10% mm-hmm. uh, from 35 to 39. It's just absolutely incredible job by us. And it's just a testament to the work that we're putting in. Is the greasy podcast recession proof? Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Absolutely. When your numbers are so low, you are recession proof. I love that. Um, all right. Questions from the fans. We did actually have a few this week. Um, glad for the output this week compared to last. So please get your questions in. We're always happy to answer them. Ask us basically anything, I would say. Mm-hmm. First one, and this was from Jennifer. Hey, Rob, any updates on your beef with that guy's dad? You know, we haven't revisited that. I, I, we haven't had a new like workout challenge or anything to challenge him to. Um, so no update on the beef. Uh, I'm going to try to start it up, uh, this week, Jennifer, thanks for the question. And, uh, I'll try to find something new to uh, chirp him about. Yeah. Maybe you could do, uh, I was thinking about all these challenges. We haven't done a challenge in a while. Have you seen this video and it pops up every once in a while of Mariah Carey signing an autograph. Yeah. Where, she, where she's like sitting in that chair. Yeah. I mean like unbelievable. <laughs> there. 
Yeah, just her knees are essentially like she's sitting in a chair. And look up the video. Maybe we'll tweet it out later mm-hmm. after this episode if anyone. But if you're on Twitter, you've seen it before. And she's just sitting in a chair, but not. And she's writing an autograph on her lap. And it's absolutely incredible athleticism. Mm-hmm. All right, number uh, another question here, Rob. And this is from Adam from Stockyard. I'm okay. not sure where that is. How do you feel about asking for autographs or a picture as a grown man? Uh, uh, asking an uh, an athlete for an autograph. Right. And I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention that our Twitter poll that went out, everyone ran away and said that I was being an absolute dickhead about that and that people should be able to wear jerseys. Um, but in my opinion, the only thing lower than wearing somebody else's jersey is asking them for an autograph. Like, what are you going to do with that? Where's that going to go? Don't ask another grown man to sign his name on something. Absolutely. That's the lowest of the low, in my opinion. I think it depends on the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're at a bar, your favorite watering hole, and you're going to run up to them and ask that, I do think that is a little far. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of stretching there a little bit. So I'm trying to think of a scenario where it's okay, though. Well, maybe when well, it's like I him like- and his family are eating dinner. Yeah, that sounds terrible, right? Like, yeah. um, but I think like people who wait in lines at like these fan fests, like I went to a, a All Star Game fan fest, and there was like old time Indians greats. I cannot imagine waiting in an hour and a half line to get Carlos Baerga's autograph. I want nothing to do with it. I'd be so embarrassed. Yeah, my mom would though. According to last week, you know, one of her top five named baseball players for Cindy, I would so, do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, another question. Hey, it's Duplex Dave. What does that mean? DJ, did you actually apply for Survivor? Let's hear the audition tape. Well, we actually had this coming up in a little bit because I know there was some anticipation there, but we can play it now. Uh, Let me pull up my phone here and play the audio. I did absolutely submit, uh, did absolutely submit my audition tape. And I think my my strategy is absolute fire. So I'm going to play it for Rob here. He has not heard this yet. And then I'll get the true audio. Uh, and dub it over for the podcast itself. Hi, my name is DJ Johnson. I'm applying to be on Survivor. My fiance says I should not be doing this because she doesn't think I have the stomach for it or the appeal, but here I am. So I have a very unique strategy that I'm going to apply on Survivor, and that is I'm going to be silent the entire time. And what that'll do is it'll create a relationship with the audience as I talk to the cameras in the side interviews, but not the other contestants. Will I be the first voted out? Potentially. Will I be one of the final two? Potentially. I think it has crazy appeal. It's a great storyline. And we'll see what happens. Feel free to reach out. And I think I would really thrive on the show as a contestant. Thank you. So there it is, Rob. Yeah, that was awesome. I think you're a man of your word. You said you were going to submit. You ended up submitting. I think you were fully transparent in that. Absolutely. You're talking about your weak stomach. Or Andrea talked about your weak stomach maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. It's a high-risk, high-reward scenario on Survivor. And I think uh, you want to talk about an underrated show, Survivor. What I'm really looking forward to, and I have to admit this has been a thought I've had the last seven years, because I'm like, if I lose 10 pounds, man, my stomach's just going to be shredded. You know, I'll look uh-huh. good. If I go on Survivor, you know, first day, all the viewers are going to be like, oh, that's an average looking guy. Week whatever, week four, 
when I'm eating rice, a cup of rice every day, just absolute shreddedness. Right. And that I parlay that into a whole nother career afterwards. <laughs> right. The silent guy that was shredded. Oh, absolutely. I think that has universal fan appeal. And I think that's tell like, me any flaws in that plan. No, I don't see any. I'd be honest with you. And I think that's kind of like what the hope is. Like you're forced into the scenario where you have to get shredded. And I think that's a dream yeah. for all of us playing for the tie at home. Yeah. Playing for the tie hashtag playing for the tie. But the thing that sucks about reality shows is I think a, Back in the day, though, Survivor people could go and make like a, a run out of making guest appearances and speaking. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if that exists anymore because is there that like, do people want you on morning shows and at high schools talking about whatever? No, uh, probably not. You know what I mean? And especially when it had more appeal and like more people were watching like that first guy, the first champion was Richard. I think he's still cash and checks from this whole thing yeah exactly that's what i'm saying you're essentially a college athlete that was Mm -hmm. washed up after survivor that's really my dream and unfortunately it's after season 37 i don't think that happens anymore Mm. all right question four hey fellas jim here your old ass is like me now your your old ass is like me now and he put in parentheses perry class of 78 shout out the perry pirates love that What up jim uh, gotta know who were your favorite athletes growing up? I believe the nineties was the greatest sports era. So a little hot take there from Jim at the end, but do you have any, uh, unique, f- uh, favorite athletes as a child there, Rob? Uh, big baseball guy. Like I said, uh, in T-ball, I wore Jersey number 22 for the great Brian Giles who, uh, got <laughs> traded to the pirates. Uh, one of my all time favorite baseball players, Brian Giles. Yeah. I, I listed a few here. Absolutely. was a massive I'm not sure why. Still can't name why. Gary Payton fan. The glove. The glove. <laughs> Number two overall pick. I think the Supersonics certainly had an appeal. They were good back then. Mm-hmm. My brother was a Michael Jordan fan, uh, and Payton and the Sonics were pretty solid back then. So that's my only explanation. Like every other kid, I was Ken Griffey fan, certainly. And then probably my second favorite athlete behind Gary Payton was Carmelo. I was a huge Syracuse fan. Mm-hmm. There's a story behind that. Why I was not really anymore, but Carmelo's run uh, at Syracuse was one of my favorite childhood sports memories. Certainly, yeah. My favorite basketball player was Dewan Wagner. If you remember Dewan Wagner, wow. absolutely thought he was going to yeah. make it. Uh, got cut down by underlying health issues, but man, that was like my prime Cavs fandom was with Dewan Wagner and like Ricky Davis and all those boys. Yeah. All right. Last question from the fans. This is Char- This is from Charles. Rob, I, Rob, I opened up DraftKings the other day just to see what was in there. It turns out a bunch of esports, which is something we just talked a little bit to Mac about. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on gambling on esports? Also, do you consider esports competitors athletes? Um, first of all, I think it takes a crazy amount of talent to be an esport competitor. Uh, so yeah, I'll consider them athletes. Right? Why not? And um, Am I gambling on it? No, not currently. Do I want to be? Absolutely. If I could find out a little bit more about these guys, find out what they're doing, I'll lay a couple units on them. Yeah, I did see there was some stuff. I, I opened up DraftKings as well because I was seeing if there was any uh, NFL draft stuff on there, but there wasn't other than like a free contest. But I don't know. I just It doesn't have the appeal to me. I, I don't mind watching it, but gambling, I just have no idea what's going on. Mm. It's like gambling on darts maybe i'll mm-hmm. throw 10 bucks on it at the bar if you see it's on but other than that like what i don't know it just doesn't mm-hmm. get me going do i consider them athletes i do not okay very talented do i respect the time they put in certainly 
but not I mean, they probably they put more time in than anybody truthfully mm-hmm. yeah. barely eat dinner all right so that's the questions from the fans keep sending those in we'll take them however you can send them in before we go we do want to get into something we're doing tomorrow night so if you're listening to this podcast on thursday morning or thursday afternoon please tune in and see us at greasy podcast on twitter we are adapting the nine nine challenge that we talked about last week which is nine hot dogs nine beers in nine innings Mm -hmm. so what we're going to do for the nfl draft to do something a little fun a little different break up the stay at home-ness of the world is nine beers nine dogs nine mock draft picks correct Mm -hmm. so we're all going to put it uh, and that's going to be completed within three hours and five minutes, which is the average length of a baseball game. So we're adding another nine to it. Uh, just for reference, Todd McShay got nine picks correct last year in the first round, and Mel Kuyper got seven. So this challenge, if one of the four people, which we have four, us two and our buddies Cody and Dan, will be on the broadcast. Yeah, exactly. Rob. How are you feeling about it? Excited to have those guys. I'm a little weary of eating the nine dogs. I'm definitely going to have to think of a strategy to wolf those down. Um, but I think it's a great variation. I think the nine mock draft picks, I'm going to have to call up my dude Mac after this and make sure I got my good mock together. Um, but mm-hmm. it will be a lot of fun. Come join us in a, a talk some NFL or talk whatever topic you want to. The nice thing there, I think, and I don't know how this has been the last last couple of years it sounds like you have two absolute locks at the top so you're really mm-hmm. playing for seven out of the next 30 uh, i am also nervous about the nine dogs i've certainly never eaten nine dogs Mm-mm. in a night nine beers should go down pretty easily uh do you have a beer of choice i was thinking uh, about that today yeah uh it's very important beer of choice i'm going with uh the great tasting but more importantly, less filling Miller Lights. So I'm going to be drinking nine Miller Lights. I'll probably end up drinking more than nine Miller Lights. <laughs> yeah, I was, you know, a strat. Well, I probably shouldn't give my strategy. Tune in tomorrow and see how I start out. Um, and we'll give our commentary. We also have that draft prop contest, which uh, we are, I wouldn't say overwhelmed, but happy with mm-hmm. the output uh, or the input there, uh, right. we're up to about 25 submissions. So get that in before tomorrow and you'll be entered. You probably have an advantage if you waited this long, by the way, because I submitted mine about six days ago and a lot of things have shifted just in terms of rumors and so on. Definitely some room to wiggle in there and win yourself a greasy podcast tea and a $20 gift card. I went to the store and picked up my dogs and buns today. Got a family size of reduced fat wheat thins, of course, mm-hmm. and I'll be ready to go tomorrow night. Yeah, shout out our sponsor. Best snack. uh, One of the top snacks on the planet. Mm -hmm. But Rob, thanks for joining me in another Greasy Pod. Uh, Thanks, Mac, for joining us. And uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, check us out tomorrow night. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Deej.